welcome back to the Whole Topic Podcast. This is episode 13, the beginning of season two. So if you stuck with us through all this, I know like we've been flopping like fish on some of these episodes, (laughs) but you know what? We're here and we're having these. You are our people. If you come to all of season Mm -hmm. and you're back for season two, you're in our tribe. BFFs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So today, um, we always have these really good discussions right before we hit record. We do. Like every mm-hmm. single time. We need to time. just hit record from the get-go. Yes, and just stop messing around with it mm-hmm. because, so today we're going to talk about homeschooling the little years. Um, I have had a few moms reach out to me that started like homeschooling four or five-year-olds preschool. They're trying to do preschool. And then even kindergarten. And there are curriculums out there. I mentioned because we won't say I, names of it because yes we're not mean people we're, mm-hmm. I'm kind of mean so I'm not mean I'm a people pleaser if you listen to episode 12 you know that uh-huh. I feel like me so we're not gonna name it but this curriculum for a first grader literally took the person six to eight hours a day okay we're all free homeschool moms mm-hmm. can you imagine sitting with your kindergartner, your preschooler, like not only are you going to go insane, your they poor are. child is going to go insane and you deserve it. Unfortunately, <laughs> if you're going to put your kid through that, not that it's your fault. If you're just trying to figure your feet out. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, I'm a grown woman and I can't even sit in a chair. I mean, for that long, it's, it, that's insane. And then trying to like force book work down them. So today we're going to bust some of the myths of preschool and kindergarten first grade and we're going to talk about gentle ways of mm-hmm. educating your children and I know some moms are like oh don't educate your kids at this age or blah 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 oh hi puppy dog <laughs> those that are not watching YouTube Ariel dog just jumped on <laughs> so some of I've heard some moms say like don't start educating your kids until seven or eight or whatever I think it really is a choice you as a homeschool parent have to make for your own family. Because for me, I work better training my kid to start reading from four years old up until, and then I really can give them more work when they're seven. But at this point, I do about 20 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. 30 minutes max. Mm -hmm. I make sure the child is extremely excited about it. And I've been teaching this grade over and over again for the last... 11 years, I think I've taught something at least every year. I've at least taught someone somebody in kindergarten, yes. preschool. Yes. And so that being said, it could be done in less time. So I'm going to start by asking you guys a couple questions because I am I have a lot of input on this. However, I want to ask how much time do each of you have you put in with your child? What age did you start them? What were some things that you learned, whether they were good, things you learned that you needed to throw out when you were homeschooling your littles? Because I know you're not homeschooling that little anymore and you're not either, but mm-hmm. give us some of your pointers from your experience. Me first. Go first. Um, so I started typically around four years old and it's really honestly, if they weren't interested at four years old, we didn't do it. Um, we just played a lot, but my, my middle and my third were interested at four years old. They wanted to do school because it was such a big part of our day. They felt really like it was a cool thing to be doing school. Um, but I only did it twice, three times a week, maybe. Um, and it was very short, 
20 minutes at the most. Um, I did a really short, concise little lesson, letters, numbers, um, kind of all mixed in together using the good and the beautiful pre-K or pre, oh, not pre-kinder. What do they call it? Um, T, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's their before kindergarten, before yes, their K, level K, um, those two. And it has letters, numbers, shapes, colors. Yeah, yes. All of those things are all mixed into one um, into one little very short lessons. And I think there's like 50 in the book. And so I do it like twice a week. If they wanted to do it more, we would. If they didn't, they didn't. I'm big on, um, and it's a, it's it's funny because my third has wanted to do school since she was three. She was like, because that's all she's ever known. And she would beg and she wanted all of it. She wanted math. She wanted everything. And um, I would do school with her every day because she wanted it so bad. And it was amazing by the time we actually did kindergarten and had a kindergarten curriculum, she like taught herself to write her name. She knew all of her letters, all of like so many things that you're supposed to learn in kindergarten. She already knew and she taught it to herself. Like I really didn't do much. And I think it's just being in the environment and it's amazing how much they learn when it's not forced upon them yep. and it makes it fun. They, they get excited about it. So um, I typically sign up for, but honestly, if your child does have zero interest at four years old, teach them through play, do yeah. something different. You do not need to get a curriculum and sit down and do 20 minutes a day, unless your child is truly like excited about it and wants to do it. You yeah. probably do more damage forcing it than yes. you will. If you just yeah. let them come to it within a couple years or a year, they, from four to five, you'd be amazed. They may jump significantly at four years old they have zero interest at five years old they want to learn how to read yep. you know you just don't know and before we go to Ariel I'm just going to say this on that note um a big question when should I start homeschooling my child mm -hmm. the first thing I recommend doing is checking your homeschool laws you can do that through hslda.org they're very good and very thorough with their homeschool laws for each state and then like for my state I think it's seven is yeah have to start yeah However, for my home and how I work, how our schedule works, how my daughter's mind works, it's four. Yeah. And consistency totally blows away any amount of book work that you can mm -hmm. force down someone's, like a little child's throat. They need play. They need imagination. That's why she's carefree. I got a message the other day on my Instagram. I posted in my stories a uh, video of Zoe just walking in and seeing the cat cows and stuff like that. And I was following her and um, someone messaged me. They're like, she's always so carefree and so happy. She just, is, and she is, she genuinely is that kind of person. And it's because one, she has a very good loving environment, but two, I don't force a ton on her. She is just a little girl who's just allowed to figure life out these days. Mm -hmm. And she knows it. And she's, I mean, she's a very well-behaved little girl, but she's not, she just knows that there's no pressure to be a certain way or reach a certain academic level at this point. So if that's your goal, I would highly recommend just making sure that it's best for your child, not something you're just trying to do to get a, like, get a status as your kid's really, really good at reading or doing all this, the, the school stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point because there's a there's a whole group of parents that want to because the formative years are so moldable. The brain has such a capacity to learn at that young age. 
you can teach them multiple languages. You can teach mm -hmm. them mathematics beyond certain years, but you don't need to do it that young. You don't need to put all that responsibility on your child when they're so young. Instead of, of hammering um, facts into your child that is likely that they won't retain, again, unless it's a language that you practice often and, and whatnot, um, instead of doing that, cultivating the love of learning. And I know we've talked about that. All three of us want to cultivate that within our families, within our children. So when I was, uh, it's been a little while, uh, when I was doing the little years, I have a different setup than you two do. So my kids are seven years apart. So when, when I was going through the little years with my second, I had a, an older, so it was kind of easy to just not be distracted. She was more independent based. And I could say, okay, you do your schoolwork and I'm going to work with him. And again, it wasn't long if it was book work, but so it started like a uh, leapfrog mm -hmm. two years old. He's watching the leapfrog video, like seven times a day, learning his yep. alphabet. He loves the songs. Yep. <laughs> um, we'd have the little magnets on the refrigerator and he'd put them in and it would say the sound and that was all great. And um, everything else all the way up until five probably was all tactile things. So there's a woman that I really love. There were multiple women that I found at that time of life that were just so inspirational to how I formed my homeschool. And one of them was Jody Mockabee. And we'll put all of the links down in the description for them. She's a homeschooling mom. She's really big on painting with her children and all, all throughout their years, even high school, painting with them. So I thought, that's a really good idea. I'll paint. And to my two-year-old, my one-year-old was able to paint appropriately with a paintbrush. And I think that's so important for children before they start to write is to learn how to hold a paintbrush and very gently do that because it's the pincer grab. It's your fine motor skills. It's gentleness with the paper and what you're holding, but it's creating something. It, they get so into it so much more than they would with a crayon or a marker or pastels or whatever. Try all the art mediums, like go, go crazy with the crafts. But she, she brought painting into my life at that time. So I was like, okay, we're going to paint a lot. And then after that, it all really just came naturally. But one of the things that really set it apart for me was um, I, I read a book by Sally Clarkson. I don't know if you girls know. I've heard of her. So, yeah, I have heard of her. I love her stuff. Yeah, she's awesome. But she wrote a book, uh, Life-Giving Table. And that was the first and only book of hers that I've read. And it's about how to create a nourishing environment while you're feasting or gathered around your table and how important it is to form relationship with your family. But I thought to myself, and while I was looking at Jody Mockaby at the same time, Jody would go on hikes with her children and they would find and they would collect little outdoor things that they found along the way and then they would display it in their home on a vanity that she called the I think it's the like the vanity of curiosities or something she had a fun name for it and the kids would always poke at it and look at it and it was just setting a table for asking questions about these things. So while I was reading those two books, my son was about four. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just set the atmosphere. So before they would wake up in the morning, I would set up the table 
with picture books, with little crafts things, with, I would just lay the table for them, a feast of learning. They'd come downstairs, they'd see this stuff, they'd get all into it. I wasn't telling them what to do with it. They just figured it out by themselves, what they wanted to do with it. And that's how they gained their own love of learning was just me setting the feast out before them. Like, look at all that you can explore. And even though he's not reading yet, he was still opening the picture books and looking at the pictures. But it's so interesting how little actual book work you have to do in the young years mm -hmm. for anything. You really don't need to do too much. If you want them to learn how to write, again, pincer graph and, but I don't think you need to really put more than 15, 20 minutes. And you're right, Andrea, consistency is key. And so is your attitude. Like you're having an off day. Maybe you like, need to take, take the day off. Yeah. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> don't ruin schooling for them just because you've got a bad attitude that day. Yeah. So. I think that's a really good point, Ariel, because a yeah. lot of like that is if ever I'm like having a little bit more of a shit. And this is the beauty of homeschooling a fourth grader. Like a four-year-old I'm sorry this is the beauty of homeschooling yeah. a four-year-old is that um so like she okay so she's almost at a first grade level reading like she's just like getting to that point but the beauty of homeschooling a four-year-old is that if I have a day like today was really busy mm -hmm. we've done school even more so that like she's already halfway through her kindergarten and first grade like already and I have her do I'm having her do like some first grade with a lot of writing in it and some yeah. kindergarten so she's she's doing well yeah so that being said I can take a day off anytime I want like if I feel like I'm gonna be too stressed mm -hmm. sitting with her and trying to like teach her hand yep and she doesn't care she just she's like oh whatever but I mean sometimes she will hold my feet more times than not she will hold my feet to the fire and be like mom you have to do school with me Mm -hmm. um, and another tip I have with this is, okay, so it, well, let's go back to the attitude. Make sure your attitude is right. Mm -hmm. and it, you make sure you are ready. I don't care if you dance or scream, whatever. You make sure you're ready to celebrate when they do something that you've tried so hard to get them to learn. Mm -hmm. You, you be that like, oh my Cheerleader. gosh, be their hype girl. Yes, mm -hmm. totally. Because it makes them like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do more. But then that, um, and even when your older ones give you the side eye when you do it, do it because they eternally love yeah. it. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, because our situations are so different, I've never experienced multiple um, multiple children homeschooling them at the same age at the same time. I mean, I've done it here and there as I've like picked up my kids, uh, my friends' kids, or like I've taught classes and stuff, but that's not the same as doing it every single day. And you guys have done it every single day when the kids are close together in age. How do you handle that? Because I get so many people asking me all the time, how am I supposed to juggle pre-K, K, one, five, high school at the same time? Do you have any, any insights, any tips or so in our house, um, we do school four days a week. So that helps with burnout. So I was in the very beginning, the very first year, I would train school five days a week because that's what schools do. They go to school five days a week. Um, and then I was trying to do my house stuff and my life stuff over the weekends. And then you just start all over again. And I was going nuts. And so 
I realized really quickly that four days a week is all we need. And so we school four days a week and we have, and I've never once had a problem completing our books and still getting a summer break. So um, if that's a concern of yours, we typically start in the middle of August and we're done by the middle of April, end of April with taking week breaks throughout the year. So I usually take a week off for Thanksgiving, a couple in December, one in usually March-ish. And um, we've never had a problem still schooling only four days a week. So that really helps with the burnout, feeling like you never have any time. I take Friday and get my life back in order, my house back in order, so I can enjoy the weekend before we start again. Um, The other thing I do and I've done from the beginning is I always start with the littlest first. Now that may not work and I don't know if that's what you do, but I always tend to start with the littlest first. And my main reason for that is because um, littles lose their focus really quickly. So if you have yourself a schedule where you're like, okay, this is what we do. We wake up, we get dressed, we make our bed, we do our chores, have breakfast, and then it's school time. Well, if you don't start with that four or five, six-year-old and they go off and play because they're not independent yet. They can't do their school on their own yet. And they go off and play. It's really, really hard to rein them back in to do school, in my opinion. And in our house, that's been the case. So I always start with them first. So we do our steps. We get to breakfast. It's school time. If you are older and you can do stuff independently, you grab your books and you go start your schoolwork and you do what you can do. And my kids know that whatever they can't do and they need my help, they just skip it until it's their turn. And then I start with the littles, if it's 20 minutes and then they're on their way, then they can go play and you don't have to pull them back in again and try and stop them from doing something. You reduce the chances of meltdowns. (laughs) Um, So I just kind of go in that order. I'm actually going against what I think I'm going to do this year of all the years that I've done. My middle child really struggles in school. She really just doesn't like the bookwork. She never has. She's my reader. She loves to read, but she does not see value in the bookwork. She, but she wants to do well, mm-hmm. but she needs my encouragement of sitting there. So I've always fought it and said, I do the littles first. So she can, she's the quickest. And then I'll go to you. And then I go to Kindle, just skip what you don't know. And in her brain, she we're very much alike. Um, she can't skip. <laughs> she can't skip things. It has to go in chronological order. And I finally this summer had that aha moment. She cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And it has caused so much yeah. strife with us because she will come to me and be like, mom, can you just help me with this one thing? Can, and I'm like, skip it. Go to the things you can do and I'll help you. But can you just please help me with this one thing just right here? Because it's the next thing in line. She has to go and she's right. very organized and very detailed like that. And so I had this aha moment this summer, like, why am I causing that to be a fight? My first, my middle or my youngest doesn't care. Emily doesn't care if she's first, second, third, she don't care. And she loves, so why am I doing this? So I think this year I'm going to start with my middle and just let her get her schoolwork done and go on about her day, get it done when she's fresh, go in the order she needs to go in and let her move on with her day because- I think that's some of the fights that we've had. And she's in fourth grade now. And Emily is now right. old enough that well, she, she can might, do some yeah. things by herself. Yes. Where and she see, wants- that's that's the power of knowing your child and knowing the type of learner there are, what yeah. learner that they are, which is what we talked about in a previous episode. Yep. You need to learn how your child learns. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and and work with them because I don't know about 
you guys, and I'm almost certain I can talk for you, is that we all homeschool. One of our main reasons is so that our kids love to learn, so that they get a different education than what they would get if they went to school. That's our goal. That's our purpose. And they'll get the attention they need. And they get the attention they need. And so- If we're not being in tune to that, it only took me, you know, I don't know, five, six years. <laughs> but I learned she's not out of school yet. Yeah. We're gonna make a change, yep. guys. But if you yeah. if we're not making those changes, then we're really not doing any beneficial by I mean we are, but you know what I mean? Like her education should be something that she enjoys. And that's why I yes. have them home. I want them to enjoy this because if you love to learn, you can do anything in life. Because you'll learn right all through adulthood if you love mm-hmm. to learn. You'll pick right. up a book to learn how to do that skill yeah. that you've been wanting to learn. But if you have this exactly. mindset of hating it and that it's mm-hmm. so daunting, then you're not going to do that. Even if it's something you want to learn how to do, you're not going to do it because mm-hmm. it's school. It's and, learning. And don't get discouraged if your children do go through a phase of I don't like school. I don't want to learn. Even if you do all the things, you're chipper, you're celebrating their wins, uh, you're you're laying the feast for them. You're even letting them take off school because they don't feel like doing it that day and they still gripe. You know what? They may be going through a phase. Yep. Work with them through the phase. Sometimes you do need to push a little, but you, you don't need to make it be the end all be all. We've gone, each one of my kids has gone through and it's been tiny. But like months worth of, oh, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do school and uh, uh, tears because we're writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he would rather do math. Why can't I just do extra math so that I don't have mm-hmm. to write? It's it's okay. I had to step back, take a different approach, take a break. Yeah. But he grew he grew out of it, and and children do that, but. You can't just quit. And that's what I see too often is new moms will come into homeschooling. They'll be all gung ho. They'll do it the way the school system, the public school system has been doing school or the private school system even has been doing school. And, um, or they'll try whatever they see online. Maybe they try to throw it together. It doesn't matter how they do it, but they try and then it doesn't work out. And then they're like, you're going back to school. I can't handle you anymore. God knows you can't stay with me at home. I can't educate my kids. Like they say all these things. And it's like, how long did you try? They're like, oh, I tried for a full year. Well, that's not very long. No. Yeah. Oh, and the fir- just FYI, the first year is the absolute hardest year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have sent them to school and then mm-hmm. pull them home. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. the hardest year, your first year, because yeah. you start out very gung-ho. You're ready to rock and you want to do this. Yeah. And then it's not all rainbows and sunshines. And you're wondering, wait a minute, why is this not rainbows and sunshines? Like I thought it was going to be in all those Instagram accounts that make it look like it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you decide, nope, not for me, sending them back. Get yeah. the first year is the hardest. You need to find your routine. You need to find how it's going to fit for your family. You need to get out of the public school mindset. Yes. The worst thing you can do is try and make your homeschool look like public school. You're going to, mm-hmm. you're going to find your work. rhythm. You're yes. going to find it but in it what you do. Time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and just take, you're not teaching a college degree, people. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. teaching kids how to read and write and learn English and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I think with, with my kids, there are certain subjects that I want full control over. And that is to make sure they're a good reader mm-hmm. and to make sure they know how to write well. Like as, as far as their letters are concerned, I want them to be able to have really good handwriting. But after that, I think the way that I get 
like with multiple kids, I'm homeschooling a kindergarten, first grader kind of kid. I'm just going to say kindergarten, um, a second grader of third, well, fourth and a fifth grader, and then two 10th graders this year. And honestly, I feel like the older they get, the smoother it gets. I know yeah, that sounds really sure. weird, but well, they're a lot more independent. They are. And if you can get the foundation of reading mm-hmm. down, like I promise you, and Every you don't day. have to read, you don't have to read them to tears, but I do commit 20 minutes a day to reading. So have, one of the ways I don't get overwhelmed is I have my older kids who are very efficient in their schoolwork at this point. I know not everybody has that, but for some reason, that's how it works. And it could be just like, there's a, there's an expectation I have that we are going to complete school in this amount of time. And that's an expectation because if you don't, then you are now taking things away from the family that we need to be doing someplace else. And so everybody just kind of has that in their head that mom expects this done and it just gets done. So that helps. But also I have the older kids will like, so each of my kids have to read for 20 minutes a day. Each of my little kids have to read the ones that still struggle a little bit. And so instead of me sitting down with each one and listening to them read their stories, I have kids that love to read. So they sit down there and they listen to their sibling read and correct words as they go instead Mm -hmm. of me having to do all of it. And I think, I guess it's really going to depend on your child. Like, have they been raised to help that way? Mine have. So like, I, I do choose, I do that because they've been raised to do it that way. However, it might be different if they are just coming out of public school and it's like, you might need to just juggle a little bit more yourself, but not necessarily kill yourself either doing it. I guess, I guess if I had, if I had an older kid that I knew could listen to someone else read, I would just say, Hey, that's what we're going to do for now. That's going to be part of your school. You're going to tutor mm-hmm. your younger sibling. And we're going to put that on your resume. You tutored him. <laughs> um, this is where you can enlist your family too. You can enlist your husband. You can enlist their yes. grandmother, their grandfather, their aunt, uncle, their cool friend, neighbor, anybody. Yep. 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 Just just getting the help. But also the lessons, you retain 80% of what you teach. So something I like to do. Now, I do not believe in making my kids teach my kids without me being directly overseeing going back and making sure the work's done. I've seen that happen. And I, I feel like it's like tuning a bro, uh, uh, tuning a piano and then tuning a piano to this piano. And it, eventually you're going to end up out of tune. Uh-huh. So I don't believe in making my kids do that. However, I am okay with them taking a kid that's several grades younger than them and going through a lesson that they've already done themselves a few years ago and re-helping that child walk through that lesson. Mm-hmm. Because not only are they learning how to relay the information to their sibling, they're also getting 80% of that put back into their own little brain. Mm-hmm. So it benefits all around. And like I said, I always go back and oversee it and make sure that everything's done right. I actually will make sure my kids, and if they come up to any concept that they're having a hard time relaying to their sibling, I will take over 100% on that topic. And I, like I'll make sure that that child knows it. So you, I, I allow my older kids to help out um, with it. Because sometimes, my, like my kids are kind of overachievers a little bit. They try to get all their school done at night so they don't have to do it the next day, mm-hmm. which some ways makes sense and doesn't, but either way. But like, so, but it helps because the younger siblings are like, well, if you're going to do it, then I really would like it if you helped me do it. 
Well, mm-hmm. I have a cutoff time. My cutoff time is 7.30. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So if the older sibling is feeling kind-hearted enough, which more times than not, they are, because the little sibling's going to pester them until they do. <laughs> until they mm-hmm. do feel nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll help them. And so it's that's, that's kind of how I deal with multiples. But I do agree with Stephanie, starting with the youngest. I have yeah. I've done that like if and, and I focus on reading. Yeah. I even math. I will count with them sometimes, but focus on reading. If you can get reading down in a fun, exciting way, that is literally the foundation for every single other subject you are going to teach your child. You've been listening to the Whole Topic Podcast. To hear more, to see behind the scenes, or to get a hold of us directly, visit our socials, Facebook and Instagram. The Whole Topic Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from Andrea, visit her blog at dearmark23.com, where she talks about whole foods, whole grains, and whole living. If you'd like to hear more from Stephanie, visit theranchershomestead.com, where she talks about simple living, gluten-free recipes, and farm life. If you'd like to see more from me, visit wildandforestcare.com, where I talk about simple living, wild recipes, and natural remedies. Thank you for listening, and God bless.